Well, hello there, goblins and ghouls. We have Troutface here as the special guest. This is like a holiday episode. It's celebrating Thanksgiving, and it's also my birthday today. I'm 41 years old, and I'm still alive somehow. Nobody killed me yet. We're, we're still um, hanging in there. What, what, what is your name? Your name is Troutface. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Born and raised. Yeah, on a trout farm. <laughs> and, and you have fish innards dangling from your face as you Probably peep out. It smells like I do anyway. <laughs> yeah, so if you can imagine that out there, just picture fish innards, like eye, fish eyeballs somehow dangling. Or, you know. And a nice tuna cheek. Yes, yes. Tuna cheeks are good. So we're already grossing you out, but I do want to ask ask you, Troutface, what kind of Thanksgiving did you have? Uh, it was pretty good. Yeah. I, ate, I ate with my parents. We had, um, we'd bought, she, my mother had bought food from a local restaurant. Yeah. It was like a prepackaged Thanksgiving dinner because she didn't want to cook. And I was fine with that. I like yeah. that restaurants do that. So I I had ham. So we 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 would dine on swine, like of the finest of wine. And uh, it, it was a violation of tradition in some respects because a lot of people they prefer turkey for some reason. You know, it isn't, isn't it strange how these holidays they have they have this obsession with having certain foods and. Um, Certain behaviors, like it was my birthday, so you know, you had had actually had a birthday cake there this year, and um, I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on birthdays and whatnot? Birthdays, I like that they have less pressure on them. They feel very celebratory and holiday-like, yeah. but they're not as pressured as Christmas, where yeah. Christmas has tons of obligations. Although I suppose some birthdays can feel like that. Well, what's what's weird about Thanksgiving is that you have the whole turkey thing, right? So that obviously creates a problem if somebody's like vegan or veg vegetarian. You know, I mean, they can just fuck off and die. For the well, I mean, I, obviously most families are gonna like cater to them, but it kind of kind of puts a special spotlight on them, doesn't it? Like, you know, you're you're receiving an intense special focus. You, you have a special diet, you're a special person, and uh, there can be some shame associated with that. Yeah, um, any kind of cultural deviation usually yeah. has automatic shame built in. So people that don't eat turkey or, I don't know, don't like to be with their families because sometimes families yeah. are abusive or whatever. Yeah, um, families can be dog shit yeah. sometimes. And it's, it's a little bit weird, like... Do you know how Turkey became associated? Is, is is that with like the pilgrims? Did they have some Turkey on their original feast or whatever? Is that how the legend started? I have no idea. I didn't research for this episode at all. So we're just riffing, man. That's why it's probably boring. You know, that's why I refer to innards dangling from his face. Fish innards, because we're just improvising here. Yeah. And I'm not even drunk and I probably sound like I am. But I, I don't drink alcohol. That's another thing about the holidays. I've noticed, like, 
um, Fourth of July, everybody's getting drunk. I remember one year I went to the parade, and there was some dude with his ass hanging out because he's peeing on a building. Um, yeah, utter chaos in the name of celebration. Yeah. I, I think it's often an excuse for people to um, just get torn or smashed. Yeah. 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 I'm not a big fan of alcohol myself. Yeah. The last time I drank, it was a margarita in 2020. And yeah. I didn't finish it. Well, you know, the odd, I, this is going to sound really straight edge here, but I think the only time I ever enjoyed an alcoholic beverage was... I was with a girl I know, hang out with her, not like a girlfriend, but you know, like, oops, I said the F, F word. Oh, sorry. You can but say anyway, you need to. But, but some I, people are into that sort yeah. of thing. Oh, yeah. For reference here, he doesn't like, or he traditionally didn't like people who would drop the F bomb, which is oh. the word, I got to say it technically. Say it, yeah. Friend. Yeah. He, does, he doesn't like that word normally. I think. He's but, become accustomed to it, though. Yeah, from an early age, I viewed that word as being synonymous with emotional extortion. Yeah. I, I remember, especially in kindergarten, the way people would use that word as a means to take things from me. And I think that's where that originally came from, was a strong distrust of that. And then the adults would always say, you should go make you know, that word with these people. And I wouldn't like them or trust them. Yeah. And it seems like the adults were telling me to uh, open myself up to emotional extortion. I wouldn't have worded it that way in kindergarten or first grade, but yeah. looking back, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah. So, so you thought you were being manipulated in some way? Yeah, and then I, I realized in high school that that word could be used with affection, but it seemed to have this complexity that even if there's an affection involved, later on there's often emotional extortion or <laughs> some kind of possessiveness being played out. Yeah. So I tended to shy away from that. Well, one of the one of the things I would say about that that word is that it's often applied to scenarios where the people you don't even really know or like yeah. are the ones with that word attached to them. So it it can definitely be like a lie. Yeah. And um, you know, it's it seems it seems to me like. A lot of social relationships, at least in American culture, are just very flimsy and artificial. Yeah. Not all of them are. I mean, you can have, you can even have deep um, experiences with strangers and whatnot. But I def, I definitely can see where you were coming from with that. Yeah, and also in English, acquaintance. Some people are quite offended if I call them an acquaintance. Yeah. Even though it's an accurate term, it's yeah. almost like really a, um, it you know it means that you just know somebody. It doesn't yeah. mean you're close to them. Yeah, it it doesn't mean you don't necessarily dislike them. But yeah. I think people take it that way. Yeah, that that's that's kind of silly, but you know when uh, the other word is applied, the f bomb is applied. A lot of the time, people using that word. We'll, ju we'll just apply it to um, people that are complete strangers sometimes, you know? Yeah, I've seen instances where people use that word be in place of 
because they don't know the person's actual name. Yeah. So that's it's really obvious that they're not close. Yeah. So acquaintance might make more sense. Oh, yeah. So we should really get more in the habit of using different words like that. And I, I can agree with that, definitely. I think, you know, when I was in college or university, technically, the University of Finlandia, um, I had almost a rougher time than in high school because at least in high school, things were a little more regimented and there were some clearer boundaries as far as, you know, who you were supposed to be around and all that kind of stuff. But but in college or university, you know, you uh, it, it was a little bit too much like high school, only without structure, because you still had a bunch of asinine, you know, people, I'm going to sound elitist saying that, but, you know, you had a bunch of people who, who were, you know, stupid or whatever, whatever term you want to use. That makes me sound arrogant. But, you know, you had those kind of people. But you kind of, you didn't necessarily know um, how how to get away from yeah. those kind of relationships. Whereas in high school, you could develop. It was easier to develop your own clique or your own organization. Yeah. But it's more awkward doing that in in uh, a college setting because it it just seems more bizarre to have your own your own social group in in, a, in that setting yeah then there was i remember there's i don't know if we, if i should refrain from names but that one basketball player that touched your oh yeah shirt. yeah and then that one guy that looked like donkey lips from salute your shorts <laughs> who would say yeah. see that and yeah didn't he set fire to stuff and threaten to stab another student i don't know if he set fire to stuff well well here's the context when i was when I was in class, or when I was still at Finlandia, um, my roommate, his, whose nickname was Red, because he liked the Red Wings, he uh, threatened to stab somebody with a knife for some reason. Like He, he wasn't even being serious about it, I, I don't think, but he got kicked out of school over it. So, you know, I, I had some awkward experiences like that. And um, let's see, he also mentioned another person who was on the basketball team who um, goosed my behind in the elevator, and I kicked him in the nuts. And uh, what was the point of that story? I, I don't remember. What were you saying? I, the asinine behavior. Of oh, yeah, the asinine behavior. Yeah, so, I mean, nowadays a lot of people would, would look at the elevator incident and they would say, well, you were sexually assaulted. I don't even necessarily view it that way, but it still merited a kick to the nuts, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. You know, because... It's intrusive. Yeah. And and the other thing is, I wasn't sure it was even a joke, necessarily. Mm. I mean, it it he kind of passed it off as one, but, you know, he still deserved to, to get a swift kick in the nutsack. Mm. Not that I encourage violence, necessarily, but, you know, that's how I felt at the time. Yeah, it might have made him feel testy. <laughs> yes, yes. I suppose it could have made you feel like a baller. Yeah. As they, as well, he was say. a baller. Yeah. Literally a basketballer. Mm. And um, let's see. Where can we go from here on this topic? Wow. So what was your, your college right. experience like? Oh, 
I think it feels like my college experience, there was so much to say because I had such a hard time fitting in and I felt like I was experimenting with new identities or new facets. Yeah. Like I got really interested in this medieval club um, where people dressed up and it was, it wasn't LARP. It was more historical based, but people would dress up and fight. And I tried that stuff out for a while. Yeah. Didn't really like it. I took judo classes. I joined the judo club. Um, didn't feel like I fit in. Yeah. Um, so it seemed like there's a lot of, I was kind of this identity nomad trying all these different things and roaming around this yeah. small campus. And then graduate school was kind of, when I entered graduate school, my master's program, I remember the first couple days where my whole cohort was really touchy-feely. Like, they touched each other a lot. <laughs> and um, and they also, I don't know if I would, I couldn't say intrusive, but they would ask a lot of these emotional charged questions, like, um, what was it like growing up in such an isolated area? Yeah. And these were mostly strangers. So I remember being really uncomfortable with that, not fitting in. Yeah. So it's... Well, it's, it does sound like you were trying to, for better or worse. Yeah. I, I didn't do as much of that kind of... Like, I didn't join a whole lot of clubs. I did take take Japanese lessons, and I wasn't, like, completely isolated from people, but um, I, I think really one of the few times um, when I, um, you know, tried to uh, join a club was... Well, it was sort of a club. It was when I was on the spelling bee in eighth grade. And I almost made it to Washington, D.C., but there was one one kid who beat me, and I got out on the word reservoir. So that word always has kind of a special place in my in my heart these days. Keep but, it in your knowledge reservoir. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You always get out on the easy words, but really, aside from that, I didn't really do a whole lot of joining of organizations or groups other than Upward Bound and Talent Search, which... Well, you were involved in that too. Yeah. That's like um, these federal programs that encourage students to go to college. And um, I, I was involved in those. And other than that, not really a whole lot. Japanese lessons, like I think I said. And um, I didn't even attend um, my college graduation. Because I'm, I'm. It's not, it's not really right to say that I'm a loner exactly, um, but I just don't like ceremonies that much. I don't really. I always gravitate away from ceremony, yeah. kind of stuff because is it's, it just seems fake to me. Yeah. yeah. I had a. I graduated last July. Yeah. With my doctorate, and I didn't go to that ceremony because. I figured it was just going to be a lot of touching, like intrusive <laughs> yeah. touching, a lot of picture taking, just stuff I didn't want. Yeah. And this might make me sound petty, but I think it's okay to admit to being petty sometimes. It's good for self-reflection, yeah. or it can be. But I applied for this um, award, this graduation award, where I wrote an essay, and I didn't win it. And if I had won it, that would have been the only reason why I would have gone. Yeah. It was because I won the award, but... Because whoever wins the award is supposed to make a speech. Yeah. And I would gladly do that for a big chunk of money. But 
but not winning it at that cash grab. Yeah. Well, I, I can understand that because even looking back at that spelling bee, sometimes I wonder if my life could have been entirely different in a good way, not in a bad way. Mm -hmm. But if it had, if I had just won or even made it to DC, not won the entire thing, but even if I had just made it there, like who knows what kind of, uh, maybe that maybe my life wouldn't have been different at all. But it, it seems like a lot of those little changes have that ripple effect, like, you know, the whole butterfly effect, the theory that, you know, butterfly flaps its wings and then it creates a hurricane somewhere down the line. Yeah. Like, is that related to chaos theory? Yeah, something like that. So I do wonder about that. And uh, similarly, my dad was a Vietnam veteran. And I wonder, could could I have even been born had he not gone to Vietnam? It, it seems in some ways that my very existence might have hinged upon that. Even though I opposed the Vietnam War, you know, in theory. But in fact, had my, had my dad's life trajectory been different, I might not have been conceived, you know, as gross as it is. To think about my parents getting it on. Um, I mean, let's face it, you know, people make one little uh, change in their life's path and they could have been in, you know, doing an entirely different thing with their lives. Yeah. You know, my dad might have still had children, but it might it probably wouldn't have been me. You know what I mean? Yeah, if your parents um, fornicated like a year earlier or yeah. a year later or even a few months. Yeah. You know, different egg, different... Well, different egg, probably different jizz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Jizzle me timbers. <laughs> oh, yeah. What the hell is that? That made me think of like a <laughs> like a, a pornographic version of the Riddler instead of riddle me this, jizzle me this. <laughs> um. <laughs> that reminds me of a story. <laughs> a true story. There's oh, this boy. lesbian couple that wanted to have a child, and they were looking for sp sperm donors. And they asked me. I don't know that they really wanted. It. I think they were just joking. I, th I think it might have been because they went to a sperm bank, and I said, "I'm a Scrooge with my splooge." <laughs> and then I had to clarify that it's not like Scrooge McDuck, where <laughs> I don't swim in a giant vault of my ejaculate the way he swims in a vault of gold coins. <laughs> I don't believe you. I think you I think you <laughs> do that very thing. Well, I just have a bathtub. I don't have a vault. <laughs> oh man. Now I'm gonna be thinking about that, man. Uh, I don't necessarily want to be thinking about well no, I not necessarily. I that's the wrong word to use. I don't want to be thinking about that. When I say necessarily it means or it sounds like it might mean I could think about that on, on a certain day in a yeah. certain mood yeah. um holy shit this this went in some wacky directions here yeah yeah waka so, waka. <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is such a professional podcast um but it is kind of a nice break to be talking about this uh Scrooge McDuck and Splooge. <laughs> I guess you could call him Splooge McDuck. <laughs> um, because, you know, 
tis the season for pleasing. In the in the video games, the old video games of DuckTales, there's one where you can play as Scrooge, and he uses his cane like a pogo stick, so would Scrooge McDuck use something else <laughs> as a pogo stick? Like John Holmes? <laughs> I heard that he couldn't actually get hard. Or at least not fully hard. And um, don't ask me if I've ever seen one of those movies. I, I don't even know what pornography is. I've just... Um, I'm just guessing here. Yeah. I've never actually seen it. I've I'm perfectly innocent. Never, um, n well, you know, yeah. you know where I'm going with this. Never s swam in, you know, a bathtub full of yeah. <laughs> man gravy. Well, I don't even know what man gravy is. I'm perfectly innocent here. <laughs> Man, has this ever gone off the rails? Holy crap. Yeah. I never, I met Ron Jeremy. Really? He spoke at my school. Oh, yeah. I think, I think uh, your sister told me about this. Yeah, that was it's, probably it's, like, He had a debate. And yeah. this was before he was known as a rapist. Yeah, this would have been like circa 2004. Yeah. That was back when he was a good guy. Yeah. He was a good guy who banged a lot of chicks. Yeah. Yeah. Good times, good times. Yeah. Is the song, the Pearl Jam song that Jeremy spoke in class <laughs> today, is that about him? Did he gnash his teeth and bite the recess lady's breast? How could I forget? <laughs> mm. No, I don't I don't think that song was about him. But did he have his arm, arms outstretched in a V? Oh. <laughs> what? Would Ron Jeremy do that? Like maybe, yeah. Because <laughs> that's a line in that song. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a yellow sun that he's yeah. talking about. King Jeremy the Wicked. Yeah. Very poetic. Yeah. Very poetic. Well, I guess on that note, um, I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts before we unleash this disaster? Um, this disastrous dragon. I'm glad. That the spot that we were able to follow the spontaneity and kind of go in yeah. divergent directions. Oh, we sure diverged on this one, like a Robert Frost poem from hell. Oh yeah. yeah. You could share that. Did you write a poem in Robert Frost style about urinating on babies? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe I did. <laughs> I don't remember that though. <laughs> Didn't you say something like, with a smile and a twinkle, I unzip and start to tinkle? <laughs> oh, man. I think I did write that in high school, didn't I? Wasn't, wasn't that in high school? Um, I, I, think, <laughs> I think you might have done right after high school. Oh. Because I, I think I had a driver's license at the time, so you would have been graduated, I think. Oh. Holy shit! Your memory's too good. Yeah, this could this could be very incriminating. Remembering all my rotten poems. Oh, uh, I still like the Tina Turner tamed. A oh yeah, that one. Worm. That one I can say right now. Yeah. Tina Turner tamed a tapeworm thirty times her height. They sang and danced and made romance until the morning light. Then on that day, the police did say it simply was not right. 
So on went the cuffs for both of those nuts, private dancer and parasite. There you go. There's my uh, little poem about Tina Turner taming a tapeworm. Very, very engaging story. Very visual. Little, little worm its way into your heart. <laughs> and as that happens, there's treatment for heartworms. Yeah, yeah. It's also a very gross poem. But oddly enough, whenever I recite that, people are more, they're almost too confused by it to be grossed out. Because they're like, why would the tapeworm be like 30 times her height? Yeah, it's pretty huge. Yeah, and why <laughs> And why would they sing and dance and make romance until, until the morning light? Yeah. Oh, man. People are going to wonder what the hell, what the hell this is all about. Yeah. But that's basically going to be the end of the episode at this point. Uh, we got really sidetracked, but still oddly enough, kind of having some interesting moments here and there. This is not how the podcast normally goes, but that's why we have guests. So exciting and strange things can happen, like singing songs about tapeworms. Well, I didn't sing a song. I recited a poem, but you know what I mean. I, I could have sang it, perhaps. Well, have a nice night, folks, or a nice morning, or whatever it is, wherever you are. Bye-bye.